Now, Made in SG with Melanie Olivero. Today's Made in SG is a tale of food, love, a life well-lived and still living it so well and cherished memories all contained in a cookbook come food memoirs. Hi, I'm Melanie Olivero for CNA 938. Darshini Govin Winodan is a cookbook author, but she's well-known to many Singaporeans as the chef-owner, the former chef-owner of restaurant Chat Masala. She's retired from the biz and is now travelling the world, and she visits her sons when she travels the world. She also discovers more new recipes, and now putting out a brand new cookbook, My Long Table, Memories and Recipes. My Long Table features more than 130 recipes. She self-published it and launched it when she turned 70 years young. It's a nice mix of recipes. There are traditional Indian ones that'll make you salivate as you flip the pages, like dal with moringa leaves. There are local recipes, of course, like chicken rice and recipes she's collected from abroad and gave her own twist to it, like paella. We're all hungry for more, so I'd like to welcome to CNA 938, Darshini Govin Vinodhan. Welcome to CNA 938. Hi, Melanie, and thank you so much for having me on your show. It's so lovely to see you again, <laughs> Darshini. Now, before we talk about your life in food, you were a radio person some decades back, and my colleague Susan Ng was your colleague. So can you tell us about your days in radio? Oh my goodness, that really seems like another lifetime. It's, I joined radio in 1974, which makes it like 50 years ago. That's right. And, uh, and uh, it was a very fun time for me because, you know, you hear names on radio and then to be actually meeting personalities uh, like Dorothy Tan and Lucy Leong. Yes. And, uh, it, it was such a treat. And and uh, and 50 years on, can you believe we are all still in touch with each other? Yeah. And uh, recently, Belinda Sunshine Yo, uh, yes. she she did a, a YouTube YouTube video, which is uh, currently playing on YouTube. Uh, me cooking my one of my dishes, upuma, and uh, that is a fun thing to do. And I'm also in touch with my friend who is overseas. She did the Talent Time series, Minu Vaswani, oh. and Patricia Hawkins. Oh my goodness, all these were names that. That's another lifetime, but uh, we still keep in touch. What did you do in radio, Darshini? I was a radio announcer. Yes. At the time, it's a radio announcer. And uh, yeah, I did morning show, afternoon shows, did some interviews and uh, interviewed some personalities like Anita Sarawak, I remember her, and Dion Warwick. <gasps> and yeah. And uh, you know, the funny thing is, people ask me, did you ever collect autographs of these people? And I said, never. Oh, I never thought that? the time will pass and, you know, I would need to keep these signatures. Where will I keep them? I never did. But uh, I think these are all etched in my memory and that is what's special. These are legends you've met. Anita Sarawak yes. and Dion Warwick. Yeah. And basically you did what I'm doing. Yes, yeah? exactly. It's just that there are just a few more buttons, that's oh about it. Oh my goodness, it. I think it's so complicated. I see you reading the news, I see you doing everything all on one console and that's difficult. I tell so many of the interviewees who come here, I when I come in here, I become an octopus. Yes. When I leave, I become a human being again, a talking octopus. 
Dershni, for readers who've not had the privilege, uh, privilege of meeting you and, and knowing a lot more about you, your book, My Long Table, is a good start. Every now and again, your book contains notes from your loved ones and friends, and one of them is your sister. And she wrote that you used to contribute recipes to her world magazine and that you and her went on a culinary voyage to India to learn key recipes there and then some which ones can we find in my long table that also brings back good memories for you? Is pav bhaji one of them? Pav bhaji is one of those uh, street foods that you yeah. can find all over Bombay, Delhi, everywhere. And it, it's one of those things that will draw you to the vendor because it's uh, there's a huge griddle. Uh, and uh, he puts all his vegetables and, you know, and all the buns, buttered buns around it. And uh, you can have it as a snack. You can have it as a meal. Uh, yes, it is one of those recipes that I must have picked up on the streets of Bombay. And uh, my sister and I, we went to many different parts. We went to Hyderabad. We went, uh, picked up a biryani recipe. Everywhere I go, I keep an open mind and uh, even though I, I, th I think I have so many biryani recipes, a new one is not going to, you know, stop me from learning how to make it. And uh, it's it's always fun to pick up new ideas, new recipes. Yes. And uh, about the whole world. Uh, yes. yes. I I started by actually winning a competition uh, for her world many years ago when my my son Arvin was born. I had you know, stopped uh, my work at radio and I was sitting at home, bored, stiff. Mm. <laughs> Although I had a baby to look after, <laughs> but I was bored and I decided I, I just have to do something. And I took part in this competition and I cooked up my biryani because it is so popular with my family and friends. And uh, I came in second Ooh. and uh, that sort of spurred me on to so many things now. Like it, it spurred me on to the food scene, actually, right. uh, which which I was always very keen on. So I contributed a lot of recipes to her world and uh, the editor compiled it in, you know, little cookbooks and uh, other magazines. And uh, that's how I got started. Because when I go to secondhand bookshops, I keep seeing her world yes. ma uh, uh, cookbooks in hardcover format. Uh -huh. So I must look, I must buy them, number one, because they're secondhand and they're quite rare. Yeah. And you're probably in yes. quite a few of them. Yes, yes. I've yeah. contributed to about 11 of those books, I think. Oh. Uh, not just Her World, but so many of those um, cookbooks that come up with compilations from food writers. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of your own cookbooks, the one that you've just published is your third one yeah. or fourth actually, one? Actually, it's my fourth because okay. I've, I've got one um, called Indian Food Today and then I have one step-by-step um, -step Indian cooking uh -huh. and flavours of Little India and uh, and this is my fourth one. Okay. Yeah. The other books that you mentioned, can we still get them? Are they still being reprinted? No. Actually, they've all been sold out but... Uh. Funnily enough, I find some of them are resold on Amazon. Oh, and wow. one of my friends who lives in uh, Texas, she <laughs> she actually uh, sent me a message uh, showing me this picture of Indian food today. I said, oh, where did you get it from? She said someone was selling it on Amazon and I managed to buy it. And I said, great, why don't you just buy this new one? You know? <laughs> and she said, yes, I need it. So I've actually sent her a copy of My Long Table. <laughs> yes. Because these books that are sold uh, in their 
original format as secondhand books, they cost quite a lot of money on Amazon and eBay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I noticed my book, my little, uh, my um, Indian food today yeah. is $40 on Amazon. Yeah. 40 US? 40, 40 I, I didn't notice that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 40 US yeah, because... Yeah, because she bought it from Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Wow, okay. Well, you know mm. what? Uh, <laughs> I can understand if people want to pay those sort of prices because these books are out of print yes. and they're very, very hard to find. Mm-hmm. You started Chat Masala with a friend, a former a student yes. of yours, yes. a, a <coughs> cooking student after various cooking stints, uh, after including some with the Singapore Tourism Board. So which chat masala dishes can we find in my long table? Because chat masala is still an existing restaurant, I didn't think it was fair for me to share the recipes that I created for for the restaurant. Because, I mean, it's, you know, um, I I didn't think it was fair. So I have recreated the recipes in chat masala for my book. And I gave it different touches, but some of them are still the same. Like mm. my chicken masala is one of those recipes. My fish biryani is very close to the one that you get at Chat Masala. And so is my goat. Um, actually, in Chat Masala, they have from mutton biryani and the recipe is quite similar. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them, I've given a, given a little bit of twists here and there, but they are very good twists. What about the Oreo cheesecake then? Is that, no, is that gotten I, a twist? None of my desserts are in chat masala at the moment because I, I think they cannot manage these desserts that I used oh. to make. Yeah, They're Indian chefs right. and uh, they're not familiar with uh, cheesecake. And mm. uh, I mean, my chefs in, in chat masala are not familiar with, you know, right. making those desserts. Yeah. So my very, very popular desserts were the Oreo cheesecake and my carrot cake. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I used to do one banana fritters, you know. It was a banana wrapped in crispy roll and served with a rum sauce. Oh. Uh, yeah, that was really delicious. So oh I, I'm, I'm not sure if they have it. I must go check it out. Yeah, I, yeah. I should check them out too, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad that uh, I got a copy of my long table too. But why self-publish, Dershini? Because we all know that there are quite a few cookbook publishers in Singapore. You definitely know that. And some decades back, you did publish a cookbook with Landmark Books. I did. Uh, my first book was with Landmark Books. And and I'm so grateful to Goe King for actually looking into the manuscript and deciding to actually publish Indian Food Today. Mm. Um, uh, because when I took it to Times Publishers, they said that they're not keen on it. Mm-hmm. But the problem with uh, publishing is... Um, when I approached publishers this time around, mm. they were all like, there's so many cookbooks in the market, or they wanted me to change my concept from um, this wide range of recipes to just doing Indian recipes, because, you know, that's what they think I'm popular for, famous for, whatever. But uh, mm. but uh, I, I just thought that I have so much more to offer um, uh, more recipes to offer than just Indian recipes. So I decided that, uh, you know, I have to change um, and think of something else. Yeah. So this was this book is actually a COVID baby 
because at at the start of COVID, I was having a chat with my nephew Valmiki, who actually um, came up with the idea of me self-publishing, uh-huh. and he said that he's going to be helping me in this project. So he he is actually still helping me <laughs> manage this project, and he's very sweet. Uh, so he said that his brother. Um, my, my other nephew, Ryan, he said that Ryan is in between jobs and Ryan is such a foodie and a cook as well. So Ryan can jot down all my recipes. Uh-huh. I will cook. He will jot down and we managed to do this 130 recipes. And uh, and that was the start of this book. And uh, from there, it just went on to me finding my editor, Mina Malvaganen. And yeah. uh, she brought in the designer, Elis Chai, and we found a photographer. And all in all, it you know, it just became a team that worked so well on this project. Uh, the photographer, Timothy, did a wonderful job with the photographs. He, he knew the concept of uh, what I wanted. Uh, it started with uh, another photographer, Kelly Fan, but uh-huh. unfortunately, she could not make it. She... Um, she passed away oh. at the start of my project, okay. and uh, but she was so kind to introduce me to Timothy, and uh, the project just took off, and uh, I am so happy that I have now self-published a cookbook. It is <laughs> a beautiful uh, piece of work. It truly is uh, a wonderful cookbook for everyone to own. That's why you just had to come on Maiden SG. Dershini. So let's talk about some of the recipes. One of them that stood out for me say it looks deceptively easy to prepare or cook because I do most of the eating. So I thought, hey, how difficult can tosei be? Some might think it is, but that entails fermenting the tosei batter for eight hours. Uh, let's talk about that. You know, these days there, there's something called fermented foods, right? Yeah. Like sourdough. And, but Indians have eaten these fermented foods for years yeah. and ages. And... Uh, and every Indian home has a dosha recipe or a idli recipe. And these recipes are not anything special because they are available all the time. Yeah. But to make a dosha or idli is really not easy because fermenting aside, you also must know the texture, the consistency of the batter. You need to know how to twirl it on the griddle. Correct. That's the hard part. But practice makes perfect. Just keep going at it. And I'm sure somewhere along the way, you will get it. Yes. You said dosha and I said tose. Ah, yes. Uh, dosha is a Malayali term for yeah. it. Okay. Tose is a Tamil term for it. Mm. But uh, we can call it dosha, dosha or tose. Yeah. Okay, now I'm in the mood for some tose. But let's <laughs> masala tose, nice <laughs> masala and crisp. Tose. <laughs> for sure. I really love your recipe for mi goreng and the way you described it. It looks very doable, so I'm up for that one. But then I want to make it look bright red, uh, Darshini. So food coloring. <laughs> do <you>? I do. <laughs> I do. Like the one in the hawker center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also wondered how they got it so bright red. And I'm in the habit of talking to all these, you know, hawkers or cooks or even kitchen staff. Yeah. I, I love talking to people who cook. Yeah. And uh, one of my chefs, uh, his name was Raman. He worked with me for a while. And he was an expert at making that tulang. You know tulang? Soup tulang. Soup tulang. Oh, his soup tulang was the best oh. I've ever had. 
so unhealthy but so good and uh, he used to make it red and I, i always asked him how do you make it so red and he said that you have to add a little bit of coloring but the tomato tomato ketchup that they use also makes it red so um when i spoke uh, spoke to this hawker in the hawker center one day about the mee goreng he said the same thing there there's a stack of uh, do you notice tomato ketchup tins yeah. at the back of the stall yeah. n- most of the time i suspect they would just take that add a bit of red coloring and add it to the mee goreng yeah but that's not your style but that's not my style yeah. i don't add coloring like red coloring to mee goreng because i think uh, it doesn't need it yeah because yeah. i saw your mee goreng it's a very it's a like a very deep orange color yeah it's mostly a deep uh, brownish color okay because i like to add some soy sauce and mm. uh, the sweet soy sauce so that's that's another thing i add to my mee goreng and i will stir it and you know give it that uh, woke flavor Yes, so that's what I do with my mee goreng. Dershni, I saw your recipe for gingery buttermilk and I'm so intrigued as I've never tried it before. Much to my shame as a Singaporean and and as a foodie, I should have tried it by now. But the sight of it in your book makes me want to head straight to to Little India to check it out. But that said, it's pretty easy to prepare, isn't it? don't have to head to little india to try it. <laughs> you, you 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 can either take the recipe from my book and yes. do it or you can head to chat masala in east coast road i will do yeah. just that okay yeah, yeah. but uh, the idea for that came about when i i had a manager at the chat masala his name was sadish and he and i will you know spend our free time concocting uh, recipes and i said hey sadish you know what we can do with this because in every indian home after a a spread of indian recipes you will find buttermilk yeah. and buttermilk is actually a very diluted uh, form of yogurt drink so you take a few spoons of thick yogurt uh, whip it up with some water you'll add some ginger and chilies and curry leaves yeah. a dash of salt and that becomes a buttermilk drink but it's not very pleasant to chew on these things when you're drinking so i decided to blend the whole thing oh. and uh, sadish and i decided that to make it a little fancy we'll have some little ginger crisps on the top and and the whole thing turned out to be so popular with uh, our customers that we kept it on the menu for ever i think it's still on the menu now so um that's a very refreshing drink on a very cold uh, very hot day a very yeah. cold icy uh, buttermilk drink so it, it can be had on its own i don't have to wait till after i eat i eat a meal no, can no, be no. before the meal yes. you you can actually mm. make it keep it in your fridge drink it when you want to yeah so refreshing it is and and the uh, curry leaves gives it that that little edge So yes. it's really and I like it a little uh, with a little sweetness so I sometimes add a little bit of honey or sometimes a little white sugar which is a no no right but ah. I still add it and breaking I'm a the happy rules camper. <laughs> <laughs> happy camper when she's happy I'm also happy your son's oreo cheesecake which was a hit at chat masala is in the book there's a picture of you and him yes. making it I love yes. it What's the story behind that cheesecake? Okay, I have two sons. One is Arvin and one is Vinesh. Yes. And they are both avid cooks and foodies. And uh, they grew up um, eating 
you know, uh, food at my kitchen counter. I had I used to have an open kitchen counter and they will sit at the counter and they used to be my testers, you know. I will cook stuff and tell them to taste it. So I think they've developed this taste of, uh, uh, this taste to taste food. Yeah. So they're very cute. And uh, so when I opened Chat Masala, Vinesh uh, decided that he... He was in university at that point, just joined, I think, and uh, he decided that he needed to make a little bit of money on the side. And he takes my Oreo cheesecake recipes and he uh, recipe and he decides to make it. And uh, and then I said, OK, let me go and try it on my customers. It was a hit. Yeah. And the funny story is uh, that his law lecturer came for lunch one day and uh, and we were having a chat and I said, would you like to try this Oreo cheesecake? It's made by one of your students. And uh, he said, of course, of course, and gave it to him. And he said, mm, I think he should change profession. <laughs> <laughs> but one of your one of your sons is a lawyer. He is. Uh, Vinesh is a lawyer. So both of them studied law. Yes, they oh. both studied law. But Arvin decided that was not his calling and yeah. he decided to become a chef. And uh, Vinesh is still with his law. <laughs> so Vinesh is in Washington, D.C. Yes. And Arvin is in Australia. Yes. No wonder you're traveling the world. I know. Right? Yes. I, I don't like the cold. So I oh. have a, a good time in Australia when it's uh, the summer, spring and autumn. And uh, in D.C. when it's that season as well. So that means you just come back from... Melbourne. Melbourne. Yes. Because that's where he is. Yes. And then uh, when are you going to head over to D.C.? Because now it's still pretty cold. It is. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll probably head on maybe in April. Yeah. Oh, when it's getting warmer, yeah. for sure. For yes. sure. Yes. Now, I, I also want to talk about while I read my long table, and that's why, because you kept mentioning your sons, and uh, and there's so much part of this book, that they, they really are really part of the tapestry of what this book is all about. Mm -hmm. Apart from Arvin's Oreo cheesecake recipe... No, Vinicius Oreo cheesecake. Oh, Vinicius yes. Oreo cheesecake. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yes. Uh, Vinicius in DC. Yeah. Uh, what are their go-to dishes that are also in my long table? Oh, uh, from me, is it? Yes. Oh, um, I asked Arvin, what would your go-to dishes be? And he is like, okay, all he loves that spread, the onum spread. He likes the the curries, the vegetable curries, and the. And of course, my mother's chili chicken is a big hit with yeah. everybody. Yes, yes, everybody. And uh, Vinesh said upuma without a second thought. He loves upuma. So when I go to DC, I make a big batch of upuma and he can have that for breakfast every day. And uh, Arvin is like, uh, he's a little more picky because he can cook too. So he's like, no, not, not every day, but some days. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to visit... Arvin in Melbourne. Does he have his own restaurant or cafe there? No, no, he doesn't. He works for a like a club. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, a little bit like a club where people come and you know have their uh, dining experience. And he's always trying to introduce some new items on the menu. So he's always uh, you know calling me and saying, you know, I made this, and uh, one of them is my. A brinjal salsa that oh. that seems to be very very popular with everybody for some reason I think it just adds a little edge to the meal and uh, so he likes to introduce new items to a very Western menu. 
Does he want to do a mom and open his own restaurant there? No, I don't think so. Not at this point. Yeah. Yes. I think he thinks it's a lot of hard work. He's seen what you've gone through. <laughs> he, he, he has. Yeah. And uh, it is a lot of hard work. And especially in Australia, you know, I think because uh, he has to be be at the restaurant from morning till evening and yeah. labor is expensive. And yes. Yeah. So he sees, he's seen what has happened and, but... Can I say for now he wants to work for someone else? Or it's really a hard no. He will never open his own restaurant. We or can never say never, never right? Never say never. Yeah, I, I never thought that I would ever, ever open a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and a successful one. Yeah, I never thought. And I, I didn't think that 15 years will just go by in a flash. Yeah, yeah. I. but I enjoyed doing that. You know, I, I think that is really the icing on the cake for for my lifetime. And uh, I really, really enjoyed that. I've seen videos of your son cooking with you. Mm -hmm. Will he put out a cookbook then like you? You know, I can always hope and wish that he would do something with his cooking skills, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like I, like I said, we can never say never. Never say never. Okay. Akan datang also. Yeah. You talked about biryani just now, Darshni, because yes, indeed, you do have different recipes for various uh, forms or, or versions of biryani, but it is the fish biryani, which you also mentioned that just now, that you had to experiment with in terms of the recipe, tweak here, tweak there, and starting from scratch. So what makes it different from your other biryanis? Remember I said that, you know, my favorite biryani was mutton biryani. And yeah. It was everyone's favorite at one point in my life. Yeah. And my father, he he would just go to the market every uh, weekend, uh, get a little bit of, uh, not a little bit, a kilo of mutton. And he'll bring back and say, do you want to cook a biryani? And I'll say, yes, okay. And then he will come and say, tap my head. And his, he's got all this perspiration on his head because it's, <laughs> it, it, it was too hot for him. But mutton biryani has to be hot and mm. spicy. And uh, so one day my sister Gauri decided to take a trip to Little India and she found someone selling fish biryani and she brought it home oh. and it was delicious. And I'm not a pescatarian, I'm not a fish person, mm. I'm more a meat person, but Gauri loved her fish and she said, okay, why don't you just try this and then, you know, maybe you can taste it and cook it and... I said, okay, I'm, I'm one of those people, I think I have that ability to taste something and maybe replicate it For at sure. some point. Yeah. So I said, okay, and I, and I tried it and it and it worked. So the difference between the fish biryani and the, the mutton biryani is mutton biryani is nice and hot and spicy. Yeah. Fish is not that spicy because I've, I also add yogurt and uh, nuts and raisins to to the masala yeah. that makes it more creamy and uh, more unctuous than a spicy hot mutton biryani. Okay. Well, you can, because they're almost side by side, the, the fish and yes. the... I, I, we have lumped up all the yeah. biryani recipes, so you can have your pick. You can have a mutton biryani one day, a chicken biryani one day, or prawn, fish, name it, it's all there. <laughs> My long table also discusses kitchen equipment. Yes. And there is a small section about the amikalu. Amikalu, that's Amikalu. Uh. Amikalu is, you know, the the batu giling. So it is batu giling, batu giling right? You know, the the flat surface. And my and grandma you, had one. Ah, yeah, yeah, and you 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 would do that, um, you know, that rolling motion with it, right? Yeah. But the artigale 
is the one that my mother-in-law gave me. The article is specially made to make the batter for the dosha and idlis. Yeah. So every day at, at about like 3.30 or 4 o'clock, I know my mother, my mother-in-law, they will all have... Uh, soaked their rice and dal for the better, right? right? And at about 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they will go sit at that article and they will do that. It, 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 it's actually a square slab of granite with a hole, okay. with an indent. And then there's a big pestle uh, that they have to stir. I've tried doing it. I can never, ever master the art of doing that. Even today? No, no, no. I, I quickly went and bought a blender. <laughs> <laughs> but you can. No, I can't. You can't. It is so heavy. But I, heavy. they have this this ability. I think in those days there was no aerobics. There was yeah. no uh, time for aerobics and all this work workouts. So that was their workout, you know. And another feature that my mother in law had was this uh, this long stick and also a little like a articular, which is yeah. like this round circular. Um, what do you call also granite, uh, granite. Made from granite, yeah. Is it? And uh. she will take it with one hand, this long stick, and she, that's the way she pounded her rice to a very fine powder. Oh, goodness. So one day I said, Let me try it. I lifted it, I couldn't bring it down, it was so heavy. <laughs> My goodness. So the the that was also made of granite. No, the, the, it was uh, it was some wood, I oh, think. Wood. Yeah, if I remember correctly, that right. was wood, very heavy wood. And she will be pounding this soaked. Oh my God! It was quite a workout. <laughs> That's where the blender came in. Love. Yeah, yeah. Darshni, you call yourself a spice genie. Ah. If anyone flips through your book and they find some recipes intimidating, you say in the book, just get in the kitchen, get those ingredients, try it out. So for those who still feel a bit intimidated. Would your mum's chili chicken recipe recipe be something you'd advise them to try cooking first? Okay, every time I look at a cook uh, a recipe, yeah, I will even if it's not mine, even if it's a long recipe for, by another food writer. What I do is I I itemize the different steps, you know. So in my book also, I have a step. The first step is always how to blend your spice paste, right? The second step will always normally be how to saute your tempering items and finally how you put it together. So in your mind, always, you know, uh, itemize all those different steps okay. and and then work on it. And maybe about like a day or two before you actually cooking it, go to the market, get all the items, get yourself organized. And once you do that, you know, you get into the motion of making that dish in your head yeah. and it gets so much easier. Your book also is all about project management because at the end of your book, if someone wants to throw a party, you yes. have a timeline yes. for them. Yes, yeah. yes. I think it's helpful it is. to have a timeline and uh, so that you're not you know, having to do so much in a day. Klam kabot lah. Yeah, kala kabot. Now, you spent part of the uh, the pandemic, in a sense, the pandemic period overseas. Mm -hmm. What are the dishes you cooked there and how available were the ingredients when you were overseas? You say they are actually quite fairly available. It is. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. Um, 
Arvin is a chef, so he yeah. has a big pantry in his kitchen, and uh, it's very easy to for me to find stuff in his kitchen. He's got a spice pantry. He's got a different types of flour he's got different type of spices so I, I at arvin's home it's a matter of just creating stuff for him whereas in vinish lives in a place where there are like four to five supermarkets around i love those supermarkets they have all got an asian aisle now yeah and I, I find so many interesting in, uh, ingredients there. So Even ones unique to Southeast Asia? Yes. Okay. Yes. They're so good. They're so good. They, uh, if I want to do in, uh, Indian, Thai, Vietnamese, whatever, they're all all available. So I have no problem sourcing for ingredients and they're big Indian supermarkets and yeah. uh, with Indian vegetables. So I can actually create an onam sadhya in their home. <laughs> I noticed that in Australia and in yes. the UK as well. Yes. Doshini, thank you so much for coming down. It was my pleasure. It thank you. It was my extreme pleasure and honour. Doshini Govin Winodan, she's the author of My Long Table, Recipes and Memories. Doshini was also formerly the chef owner of the popular restaurant Chat Masala. Of course, it's still around. Now, if you're thinking of getting your own copy of My Long Table, visit Darshani on Facebook or Instagram, yes, yeah? Yes, yes. And where do they go? Go to the, the, the part bio of link. the bio link. Yes. And that's where you can get the book for yourself. And remember, she is available. If you want to have any questions for her, you can DM her. This is Made in SG, and I'm Melanie Olivero for CNA 938. 